Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Patrick. I've got some exciting news. In this episode, you may hear some allusions to the fact that our iOS ITB app is not yet out, but actually that's not true. It is actually out now, finally released. So go to the App Store on iOS, type in Inside the Boards, download our app for exclusive and expanded shows, early access to content or podcasts that we're going to be releasing in the future, some meditations designed specifically for medical students with the hope that they'll be used during your dedicated USMLE prep time to help you stay a little bit healthier. And then, of course, high-yield samples from our All Audio QBank and the option to purchase a subscription. If you're a previous subscriber via Podbean, keep an eye on your email. We'll be sending you instructions on how to transfer your current subscription so that you can access the Audio QBank on the new iOS app. It is a beta version. It's not perfect, but I think it is perfect as a companion to help you study on the go while you're driving, working out, whatever you have to do in life. We're hoping to give you back some time through producing this Audio QBank. Thank you for being patient with me as we've gone through this journey together. I'm very excited about Inside the Boards. I'm very excited about helping you with your medical education. And hopefully we're able to do at least something to make your lives a little bit better. So thank you so much for listening. Go download our app. Welcome to the Inside the Board Study Smarter series dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your exam. Welcome to the Inside the Board's Study Smarter podcast. This is our mini-series for the USMLE Step 2 and Shelf Exams Focus on Internal Medicine. I am Patrick Beeman. Your host, board-certified OBGYN, former director of undergraduate medical education at Online MedEd, chief question officer and founder of Inside the Boards, contributor to the Case Files series, and some other cool things, at least I think so, like dad to four kids, Star Wars fan, music enthusiast and executive producer for an uh, upcoming album by a metalcore band called Set to Stun. Please check them out. They're good dudes. Gosh, man, that makes me so uncomfortable, like, telling you all that stuff. 
It's kind of like the audio version of a selfie, which I also don't like taking, which is probably why I don't post that much on social media. Although I am at Darth Beeman on Instagram and at Boards Insider on Twitter. But all that is to say, you know, I am you know, somewhat legit when it comes to this medical education stuff. And since all the podcasts I listen to seem to include some intro about the host's street cred, I'm including it here. I'm not going to do that with every episode because that would be really annoying. Plus, I'm sheepish. Today's episode is a little example from our All Audio QBank, powered by Online MedEd. The Audio QBank iOS beta app drops soon, literally any day. As soon as Apple stops sending back little queries about bugs, um, but obviously we want it to be a, a decent kind of way of delivering this content. But if you like our podcasts and you like studying on the go, having something to listen to while you're you know, cleaning your house or on your commute, go to insidetheboards.com. Sign up for our email list to know when the app is finally released. It is an iOS beta version. For now, you can still sign up to the pilot kind of version we have in long tracks of 10 to 15 minutes by clicking the link in the show notes or going to insidetheboards.podbean.com and navigating to the premium plans link on the right side of that page. And stick around at the end to find out how you can get your USMLE Step 1 or Step 2 registration fee paid for thanks to physicianloans.com. An 82-year-old man presents to the ED with dyspnea. The man has a history of COPD and is on home oxygen. He takes his inhalers and states that he is adherent. His vitals are normal except for a 70% oxygen saturation on room air. After receiving three rounds of inhaled albuterol and ipratropium, as well as delivery at 15 liters of oxygen, the repeat ABG shows a rising CO2. The lungs are silent and the patient becomes altered. What is the next best step in the management? A. Initiate bi-level positive pressure ventilation or BiPAP. B. Intravenous methylprednisolone. C. Rapid sequence intubation. Or D. Repeat nebulized albuterol and ipratropium. And the correct answer is rapid sequence intubation. I hope you got this one. The absence of wheezing is generally considered a good thing with obstructive lung diseases. However, this is a patient where there's no normal lung sounds even coming through silent breathing, which means they're not even ventilating. The patient has a COPD exacerbation that is failing to respond to inhaled therapy. The lung is completely silent. We need to get the patient intubated as quickly as possible with this rising CO2. They're now becoming encephalopathic intubate them, protect the airway, get the person ventilated. That's our number one goal. All right, a quick break here. Our sponsor for today's show is Common Bond. Common Bond is committed to making student loans simpler and more affordable. Sounds like a great thing for anyone, right? And they just launched a new loan for medical students, and actually ITB listeners are some of the first to hear about it. So, little bit of exclusivity there. This loan was designed to save medical students thousands of dollars over the federal Grad Plus loan. And like all the sponsors that we feature on the Inside the Boards podcast, Common Bond knows that med students have unique needs 
So they offer flexible repayment to help you focus on your residency program, forbearance, which lets you press pause on your loan for up to 12 months, and they don't even require a cosigner. A medical student that takes a 10-year fully deferred loan with Common Bond could literally save thousands of dollars over the life of the loan. And in the coming weeks over on our main channel, the Medical Nemesis podcast in this channel, We'll be featuring a segment with Pete from Common Bond. He's the VP of Student Lending, answering some questions about how Common Bond can help you during your medical education. CommonBond.co slash ITB to learn more. A woman in the ICU is being treated for septic shock. She was intubated and pressors were started two days ago. She continues to do poorly. She is maxed out on FiO2 via ET tube and is barely maintaining her SATs at 90%. An arterial blood gas confirms hypoxemia without hypercapnia. Her chest X-ray shows patchy consolidation in both lungs, with near opacification of both lungs. She's on vancomycin and piperacillin tazobactam. She is also currently on norepinephrine, vasopressin, and stress-dose corticosteroids. Which of the following would you expect to find? High pulmonary capillary wedge pressure and depressed ejection fraction. High pulmonary capillary wedge pressure and normal ejection fraction. Depressed pulmonary capillary wedge pressure and depressed ejection fraction. Or depressed pulmonary capillary wedge pressure and normal ejection fraction. So because this is a little confusing to listen to these answer choices, basically, what's going to happen to the pulmonary capillary wedge pressure? Is it going to be elevated or decreased? And what's going to happen to her ejection fraction? Will it be normal or depressed? And the correct answer is that the pulmonary capillary wedge pressure will be depressed and the ejection fraction will be normal. That was choice D. So this is adult respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS with bilateral patchy infiltrates following a tumultuous ICU course, especially in the setting of sepsis, septic shock. ARDS is a non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema caused by leaky capillaries rather than by hydrostatic forces, so this means that the ejection fraction is either normal or elevated as increased contractility attempts to account for the loss of SVR. Because it is not from hydrostatic pressures, The pulmonary capillary wedge pressure, also abbreviated PCWP, will be normal or low. The Boards Insider tip for this is that while wedge pressures are no longer done, the tests still love to ask about them in ARDS because it tests the pathophysiology of the disease and it tests your understanding of this. A 65-year-old man has a follow-up for hypoxemia. He has a normal physical and no history. He smoked for 40 years and worked in the shipyard industry. Pulmonary function testing revealed a normal FEV1 to FVC and a reduced vital capacity. Chest x-ray reveals pleural plaques. Which of the following is he most likely to have? A. Asbestosis B. Hypersensitivity pneumonitis C. Sarcoidosis or D. Silicosis And the correct answer is asbestosis. This vignette describes a restrictive pattern. So we have the FEV1 to FVC is reduced in obstructive normal, or increased in restrictive, and the DLCO is reduced in restrictive on PFTs. So this case gives you pleural plaques and exposure in the shipyard industry. He has diffuse parenchymal lung disease, again with this restrictive pattern, and this exposure in the x-ray findings will guide you to the asbestosis diagnosis as most likely. 
A 70-year-old man stopped smoking at age 50. He asks about lung cancer and wants to know if he might get it. He was an accountant his whole life and lived in a suburban household. He has coronary artery disease, for which he takes a beta blocker, aspirin, ACE inhibitor, and atorvastatin. He has no pulmonary symptoms, and his vitals are normal. In regards to screening, what should you offer this man? A. Low-dose CT scan of the chest every year. B. Low-dose CT scan of the chest every three years. C. Low-dose CT scan of the chest every 10 years. Or D. Reassurance. The correct answer is D. Reassurance. Lung cancer screening has a very specific set of criteria. The modality that is offered is a low-dose CT scan of the chest annually until you no longer fit criteria. And these are the criteria we need to remember. So there's three criteria. Number one, age 55 to 80 and a 30-pack year plus history of smoking. And if they quit, the quit date has to be within 15 years prior, which means that you don't have to get screened if you are less than 55, have a less than 30-pack year history, or if you quit longer than 15 years ago. And then the other one that, that I'll go ahead and add on is also we don't do screenings in patients older than age 80. So that's our lung cancer screening guidelines, and those will be important for you to remember. And quickly, just to bridge the gap between our Step 2 Study Smarter series here and the Step 1, which will launch soon, here's a little excerpt from an interview we did with a student at the AMSA 2019 conference, providing some advice on prepping for both Step 1 and Step 2. Welcome back, Boards Insiders. I am here with Mabel Kin. She is from George Washington University School of Medicine, and she is currently in her third year. She's here at the conference in Washington, D.C. for AMSA 2019. Welcome, Mabel. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the podcast. So we just wanted to get some tips from you in the middle of third year baseball. Well, not the middle. Eh, you're getting closer to the end of third year. How are those clinical rotations going so far? Um, I think I'm really enjoying them. I'm in surgery right now, which is a little tough. Mm. Um, but I'm getting to know more and more about what I want to do and what I like. So what do you like so far? So right now I'm leaning more towards primary care. Okay. Um, surgery has been teaching me that I like procedures as well. So mm. thinking about family medicine, was thinking about internal medicine. Um, so I'm just thinking right now about what I really want to do. Deciding between those, but not peds, not thinking peds. I have pediatrics next. I'm oh, not okay. sure if I like to treat kids. They are very cute. They are very but good. I don't know if I would like <laughs> to treat the best patients. We'll see. Okay, fair enough. Well, awesome. So, what is your advice that you would give? Like, if you could give only one piece of advice to someone preparing to take step one, which you've already taken, what would you say would be that one piece of advice? I would say to be consistent with the resources and the schedule that you have. So, that requires some early planning. Find out what you like beforehand before you start and really stick to it. Trust how you've been studying in the past. Like you know yourself, you know what resources can really fit your learning style. Okay. Um, another very, very important thing though is like towards the end, take practice exams because you really want to know where you're at. Okay. And keep taking them like once a week for the like last three weeks. Just start doing it. Just, Even though that yeah. can be very daunting <laughs> it's sometimes. It's daunting, but it's a reality check. Okay. All right, fair enough. And then 
And I, I also would add, like, sometimes it just feels like you're taking time away from studying to take a practice exam, but I agree with you that, like, you really, that feedback is of incalculable right. value because it can direct the rest of your studying, right? It can At really, that point. Right, right. Okay. Right. So I think that's great advice. So we've been, our campaign is, well, our campaign is study differently. Um, just trying to encourage medical students who want to be active and not have to, like, sit on their couch and study and, uh, you know, sit in a chair in a classroom necessarily, want to get out there and kind of move around. They can use, like, audio resources like the Inside the Words All Audio Q-Bank to study. So that's why we've been doing this whole study different thing. But how would you say that you study differently? Like, do you have any quirky things you do to study or, like, weird habits or, like, I don't know, ways that you kind of decompress, you know, when, you're, when you realize you've been studying for too long? Yeah. Anything like that? Um, I mean, just being outside is really great. Like, um, another weird thing is, you know how teaching is the best, like, learning tool? Yeah. So kind of, like, talking to your friend about something that maybe they're not in medicine and something that you think is pretty, you know, common, but something that you don't really know well. You can just, like, talk to them, explain it to them, have a mini-lecture, um, talk out loud to yourself. That's what I did. Just to make it so it's not inside your head and make sure that you're really know what you think you know. You can really explain it. Yeah. Kind of tells you yeah. you really know it. Okay. I like that. I like that. And then when do you take step two? I take step two at the end of July. Okay. How are you feeling about that? I'm figuring out what I need to do. Doing some early planning like we did with step one. Um, I got some really good advice just now from Dustin Williams from Online Medit. Oh, awesome. Pretty cool. What did he say? So basically he said distant and trust your learning style like with step one but also keep in mind like the distinctive like periods of your like free time the dedicated studying time that you have mm -hmm. so he mentioned like learning time being blocked off for about two weeks tapering meaning like reviewing and lighter studying did you have anything else that you wanted to add i guess lean on your support system that's okay. really important I, I totally agree yeah, with that. Make sure you tell someone if you're really struggling. That's something that I wasn't able to do at the beginning and I really regretted that. So. Okay, so yeah. really having that strong social supports yeah. in place and keeping that balance, right? Like still go drive home and see your family. I totally agree with that. Psychiatry here. And like, <laughs> that's important, man. It's very yeah, important. It is. Mabel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, you were phenomenal. I really appreciate it. How would you like to have your board exams paid for? Well, thanks to Physician Loans, we're going to be launching a contest soon. The grand prize, we will pay for your USMLE Step 1 or Step 2 registration fee. First through fourth year U.S. medical students are eligible, whether you've taken the exam already or not. We'll be running the contest till July 1st. The details and rules are forthcoming. But if you want to be the first to know and to get a head start, head over to InsideTheBoards.com, sign up for our email list, and you could win your USMLE exam registration fee, as well as some other cool prizes. And that's it for this one. We've got a couple more episodes in this internal medicine mini-series. Mid-April, we'll be launching our 2019 USMLE Step 1 Study Smarter series to help you learn on the go during your dedicated Step 1 preparation time. Thanks for listening, and see you back on the next episode 
of the Inside the Boards Study Smarter podcast. Today's music is by DJ Bezo, a.k.a. Augustine Beeman. The song is King Jeff and his apprentice Bart. We'll be featuring more from this young emerging artist who also happens to be my son. I'm just really proud of the creative work he's doing and wanted to support him in his endeavors. So thank you, Augustine. We'll look forward to more of your art which we'd be happy to feature on the ITB podcast.